3: sound the attack. All oh, right, hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of the We Got The Chocolates podcast, and there's the song of the week. It will be episode 40, rack them up, 40. Uh, Mitch and Sam are here as well, featuring song in the background, which uh, obviously you guys would already know, but it's called The DeLong Incident. Mm, Not Geelong, but DeLong, with a capital L in between the D and the E, uh, from Craig MacArthur. Bit slower. Too slow for my liking. It did say that it was uh, rock and funky, but not hearing much of that. Not hearing much of rock. Very funky. Mm. Yeah, fair. Actually, very funky. Funky Miller. About as funky as the T-shirt. You're wearing lethal? That is not... We got the drugs? certainly not have we Shall got go the chocolates uh, t-shirt no nope. new t-shirt you know what else is new at the moment Skinner? is actually oh. the flavour of alchemy cordial that is sitting behind you uh, ah. beetroot or beyond beetroot as it's known and it is delicious and very purple uh, so would okay. recommend trying all right, thanks for that. I'll give it a double. look. Yeah, little, but shirt stinker. I don't know what's happened there. Yeah, you're lucky nice. when i was recording, filming the, the intro. Yeah, well, no not that lucky it, because yeah. you brought it up. So yeah, everyone everyone I, to, anyway. I to let people know that you've, you're letting us down. Yeah. Kids, got, kids have
4: got to wear their school uniform at home when they're learning exactly. from home at the moment. I've oh, <laughs> that actually. That is <laughs> a GR. you got to wear your got yeah, a chocolate exactly. shower when we recording. Who is
3: wearing their school <laughs> uniform in their house? I don't know. My mate actually is working from home at the moment and his company makes him, like, get dressed up in a in, like, You know, formal clothing every morning to have a Zoom meeting. Surely he's wearing no pants, though. Sure, it's just his top half. No, no. Apparently, they make him stand up in the meeting. Everyone stands up so you can see what what they're wearing. It's weird. I I was
4: hearing a school reason is like if you, you know. Doing a school Zoom session, you don't want chicks from the school wearing their bikinis in the Zoom meeting or whatever. You know they they've got to be wearing <laughs> school uniform. Can you please uniform. not refer
3: to school children as chicks <laughs> in bikinis? <laughs> Sorry, yeah, that was probably the wrong choice of words. But, <laughs> but the, the
4: females at school probably shouldn't be wearing bikinis; they Thank should be wearing you, yes, something yeah, more formal. Okay. No, like that's the good wording. Uniform. Good wording
3: has Or I've heard like dramas about bloody like you'd have have parents walking around in their undies in the background and stuff like that. That's not ideal, is it? Yeah. or in the nude in some cases. Yeah, even worse. Can happen. Not here, obviously No, no Uh, Anyways, we want to get back on topic (laughs) What are we talking about? Uh, uh, Well, we have an interview this week uh, And it's a belter It is a rugby league player Which Sam has always been a huge fan of His -hmm. name is Christian Welch He plays for the Melbourne Storm He's played 77 games, I would believe But we're about to read that out anyway He's also played one game for the Queensland Maroons last year um, and <laughs> amazing uh, really good combination I think between some really serious answers early on yeah, yeah. Gave, giving us some great detail about the sort of situation that he finds himself in at the moment and then just open slutter for banter <laughs> at the end <laughs> to so, be. Uh, so yeah quality no, well, let's I'm get to it I thought you were pressing a button let's go uh, I was actually looking for a button so I was sort of hoping that you guys were going to speak for a bit longer right okay um, Count if both of you are useless, I'll just find it myself. Thank you very uh, okay. much. Well, maybe if you were less useless on the buttons, then it wouldn't have been a problem. <laughs> but. Maybe if there were less than 16 buttons for me <laughs> the three. All right. Thank you, everyone. Here go, is we? uh, Christian Welch. Alright ladies and gentlemen, Sam again uh, we have managed to utilise some of your contacts, um, not direct contacts but just through friends and friends etc etc uh, and you've managed to get one that you're very excited about, we, we all know on this podcast your passion for rugby league and how probably your cricket career stopped you from <laughs> your rugby league career so very very fortunate today to get to speak to someone that you probably idolize a great deal 77 career appearances for the Storm uh, since debuting in 2015 versus the Eels, he's actually played one game for the Queensland Maroons against the New New South Wales Blues in 2019, which was Game 3, after competing in the under-20 State of Origin for Queensland back in 2014. He won a World Club Challenge against Leeds in 2018 uh, and probably needs to be mentioned that he's actually scored a massive three tries in those 77 career games as well. Uh, Today, we have the pleasure of speaking to Christian Welsh. Uh, Christian, are you there? Hopefully we have you there. Yeah,
1: thanks for having me on, boys, and I uh, <laughs> appreciate
3: the reference to the, uh, the strike rate. It's so it's right up there. <laughs> Very impressive. No, we, we try and uh, we try and read a resume out for our guests at the start just to uh, just to get that awkwardness out of the way. And obviously, the three tries were something we highlighted, but I wanted to make you wait till the end just to build the suspense there. <laughs> um, yeah, and-
4: mate. Look. Um- Oh, sorry,
3: you go. It so, has just cut him off, Good cut room, right? there, but... Speak instead of the guest. Everyone wants to hear from you, I guess. No, I'll say what you're going to say.
4: I guess. Uh, uh, is there any uh, any? Uh, I was going to ask off the cuff was if there's any punishment for not scoring a try there at <laughs> Melbourne if you don't score a try during the season?
3: <laughs> oh yeah, the nude run, surely. Yeah, there's
1: uh, yeah. There used to be a bit of a uh, a bit of a nudie at the end of the year and, and some drinks on Mad Monday, but. Um, We've been lucky, actually. A lot of the big boys haven't been getting over the line, and uh, they're pretty stubborn. Some of the the big props. So I'm not talking about myself. I'm talking about you know the Jesse Balmich and Jordan McLean, these big hooligans. So uh, oh. you know, as soon as one of them stands strong and says, "No, I'm not budging," uh, it's pretty hard to get the rest of them to do it. So I've <laughs> done a few over the years, but uh, <laughs> I've been pretty lucky the last couple of years to to jag the one try uh, a year that uh, that gets you off it.
4: That's it. <laughs> um, and you were born in Sydney, I believe, and, and moved to Townsville at a young age, and then and then Gladstone after that. And uh, so when did you end up moving down to Brisbane to get into footy?
1: Yeah, I, um, I moved down to Brisbane in, to start grade nine um, at Villanova there. Um, yeah, so they are actually a rugby union school, so I, I kind of played all sports, cricket, uh, rugby union, um, basketball, athletics, basically everything uh, except the league and I played rugby league. I think my first game was probably under 13s uh, in Gladstone. So I actually played a lot of uh, hockey leading into that. Um, so yeah, I, I, I basically, I just loved all sports, and, and rugby union was uh, the only, I suppose, rugby on offer at Dawnover, and, uh, and that's where I played throughout all high school.
3: Yeah, right. I was going to actually ask you about your uh, your hockey career, mate. How what what happened there? Apparently, you played played a lot going up.
1: Yeah, I've dragged the uh, under-12 Queensland team. Um, <laughs> right, yeah, perfect. no, I love hockey. hockey is yeah. an outstanding game. Um, I, I just think, you know, at a young age, you develop so much hand-eye coordination and, and a lot of those other skills. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it's a really great great game that I couldn't recommend uh, more for, for anyone looking to, to find something a bit different. Because
3: okay, it's cool. quite an unusual transition, yeah. really, like to go from being an outstanding junior hockey player yeah. to then to them being a rugby league player. Like I wouldn't imagine that those are that that is a pathway that a lot of people take.
1: Yeah, I think they're they're, they're different beasts. Um, you know, you look at the the elite hockey players, you know, the Cougars and Hockey Roos, they're 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 just like running machines. They run like 18, 19s on the beep test and and obviously, okay. uh, rugby league front rowers aren't really renowned for their. Uh, <laughs> their endurance um, so yeah they're quite
4: different athletes i guess yeah right and uh you mentioned when you moved down to uh, to brisbane i think i think i did some research and found that you played a little bit of rugby league maybe for east carina when you came down and um i was actually uh, probably not too far off playing with you there cuz i actually played at east carina when i was younger and um uh, i played under 14s in about 2009 i played before that too but i think you were probably a year or two above me in uh, at east carina there yeah
1: yeah, yeah, I had um I had a year in under fourteen to East Karina, um, and, and that was awesome. So yeah, we uh, it's tough. though when you're you're playing in that division, you're playing kind of the Roachdale's, the Logan Brothers, Deception Bay. So there was some really uh some real tough outfits with a lot of Polynesian boys who used to just uh, eat up us predominantly white East Karina side. So uh, it, was a, it was a good uh, good tough year that one.
4: Yeah, well, I had a a lot of trouble at fullback there. when our de- front line of defence didn't uh, didn't get the big hoos. I had a lot of um a lot of the players from Logan and and Redcliffe and that running through the line and giving me a hard time. But but uh, good memories. Yeah,
3: we've uh yeah. we've heard we've heard all these rumours, Christian, about Sam being real good at footy. <laughs> like, uh, but then he sent through his highlights package, and it was from under sixes. Where he just <laughs> ran around everyone that was in a package like just in a massive pack. And we've never actually seen any evidence of him being good since then. <laughs> <laughs> Now oh, I love that
1: well <laughs> No, I think about my whole package. it would be putting kick pressure on and and you know tackling halfbacks. It's uh, certainly not too flat. So, <laughs> yeah, um, that's right. You know, I'm, I'm not a flash player either. So uh, I'm with you, Sammy. <laughs> Thank
3: you, Thank you. <laughs> um, Christian. I guess it's a slightly serious question uh, because I'm I'm always quite intrigued to to know like your your pathway. Obviously, from there, like if we we'll go through quickly, but your pathway from sort of playing for East Carina to how do you then get to obviously be playing in the NRL uh for the melbourne storm what is the pathway that sort of happened well for your case in particular
1: yeah so i um i, I was playing uh, inside center for villanova in, in rugby union um and, and just really wanted to try and make it in, in union uh, that was my i suppose main love um and uh i used to play against uh, a friend of the show the great brad wilkin and he <laughs> actually Charged one of my kicks down in, in one of the local derbies and, and scored a try, and, and they beat us by a
3: point. So, it's almost um, like you've read this interview, interview before because I think yeah, Sam I had that bad exact question. Against that big yeah. um, <laughs> he did, he did uh, tell me
4: that. He wanted me to bring it up, but you brought yeah. it up. So. Yeah,
1: I know. I thought I'd get in front of it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and then uh, I, I tried to get picked up in Union, didn't really uh, get too far, um, made the ARC2 side, and uh, I was down at Ballymore and we were. Um, you know, in the AIC too, you don't get too much attention. Uh, and then, a Broncos scout I approached Dad and I were well, walking to the car um, after one of the games, and um, said, "You know, like, you know, we think um, you, you could offer something in league, and you know, we'd like to, you know, meet up and, and bring you into a squad." And, and that was Paul Bund, and uh, he was kind of been in the Broncos for for many years, and and then he uh, eventually switched to the Storm. And so, um, yeah, I went and. Played at uh, East Tigers there and in the centres in the under-18s. And then uh, Paul had a, a kind of revolutionary idea of kind of changing me into a front rower. Um, so because I had a bit of a taller frame and, and some good leg speed, um, he thought, let's try and fill him out and put him in the middle and see how he goes. So um, finished the year in the under-20s there in the front row and then moved down to the Holden Cup to the Storm in, in the under-20s. So at the end of that year, um, one year out of school.
4: Did you like that idea of moving to the front row or were you a bit worried at first? You there, mate?
1: Yeah, sorry, I just missed all that.
3: (laughs) No, all good. I just... um, A bit like a Sam Hazlitt tackle, you might say. I just uh,
4: just said, did you like that idea when he first came to you and said, let's move you into the front row or were you a bit bit worried at
3: first? That's a big change.
1: Yeah, look, I think um, I think most centres would uh, would not be interested in that transition <laughs> to the front row. It's not really uh, a glamorous position. Um, but uh, I, I was just excited that you know potentially I had an opportunity to become a professional um, footy player. So I was I was jumping a bit to do anything. So uh, that was that was just yeah, I was just so excited about the opportunity and and just and set my uh, set my work to it all. That's it. A-
3: Christian, just like I don't even expect that you necessarily know this answer, but what would it have been about you that they that made that selector sort of or that scout walk up and go, "Hey, mate, like you're not a bad centre, but you know where you actually would be really good Uh, in the front row." Like, what the heck would he have seen to go, "This is going to be the greatest change ever"?
1: Yeah, look, I'm not sure. Um, I think uh, I think I was pretty tall. I was about six foot four, um, and had some good leg speed, I suppose, but um, was pretty thin. Uh, so, physically, I think he thought uh, it's a good opportunity that it's brought him down for two years of holding cut. Let's see what he turns into. Mm. Uh, and then, I don't know, hopefully um, he would have found out about my work ethic and, and how hard I've worked to, to put myself in there and, and how coachable I suppose I am. I'd like to think that's something that might have uh, attracted him. But yeah, I'm not too sure, to be honest.
3: Yeah, no, that's fair. I'll try and track him down and ask him, I guess. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, just obviously at the at the moment, Christian, it's a it's a weird time for all probably all athletes out there, but certainly as a as a footballer, uh, you need to stay as fit and strong as, as humanly possible, I would presume. But uh, obviously at the moment, it's sort of that's restricted a little bit due to COVID nineteen um, and all sort of gyms being closed, and, and the, I assume the clubs probably closed as well, isn't it? So how are you sort of managing to get through with with sort of those difficulties that are associated with pandemic at the moment? Pandemic even.
1: Yeah, so I'm back home in Brisbane with mum and dad. So I just I thought I'd come up here you know, while we shut down. So um, and and because the Queensland Cup competition's been uh, cancelled for the year, uh, I was uh, they were lucky that their gym's not open. But the CEO basically said you can come in and, and take some gym equipment and set up a set up a little uh, gym at home. So that's been really good having that, and um, and then having a few boys from from Brisbane uh, from the Storm, and obviously my housemate Brad. Um, at the Rebels, and he's back in Brisbane as well. So it's been good having some some training partners to tick it down and have a run, uh, and kind of keep keep it ticking over because uh, we're just in a bit of a holding pattern at the moment, just waiting to waiting to hear um you know when when potentially we might be up, back up and running.
4: Yeah, and uh, what do you think the best way forward is for the NRL at, at the moment? You're actually on the the Rugby League Players Association Advisory Board, I believe. So like, what are you somewhat in the in the loop to making that decision? You know.
1: Yeah, I think um, our, our first kind of big action thing was was the pay cuts, and I think um, all the players kind of um, had a really good understanding of of um, you know the need to, to take some big pay cuts, and then and how the revenue sharing model works basically. And um, so that was our first big thing, and we got got through all that, and there was some. Yeah, know some big Zoom meetings with with about forty of the the player reps from all sixteen NRL clubs, and um, really stuck together well and, and worked out a good result. And I suppose now we're we're just we're, we're just waiting basically for the NRL. They've I suppose publicly announced all these return dates, but um, they're obviously working through how it's all going to work. And I think the biggest ones are the um, the little mini pre seasons that um, each club needs to be given and the different states and, and obviously New Zealand at different conditions um, so like say New South Wales um, the Roosters and those clubs would, would be able to train um, next week as a team whereas in Victoria Queensland and New, uh, New Zealand they're all on lockdown so it's all about having a fair um, you know, little mini pre-season so all that needs to get sorted and then obviously um, it's about relocation for those interstates and the New Zealand warriors and how that looks um, what happens with their families do they come with them uh, how long are they going to be away so there's so many things that need to get sorted so it's um, it's pretty interesting and uh, yeah hopefully we can get working towards um, coming back soon when it's safe but at the same time I uh, I think everyone understands it's a it's a pretty unique um, pretty uh, scary health issue so yeah. uh, you know if we need to put it on ice for a while we uh, we surely will
4: yeah, it's extremely tough. I mean, probably never going to be completely fair to every team. But do you reckon that May twenty eight target return date they've they've sort of talked about is ambitious? or yeah,
3: um, from an outsider's perspective, but it certainly seems yeah. ambitious, doesn't it? Yeah, I thought so. Oh. Yeah,
1: and I I, I don't have an issue with you know the NRL targeting a date and saying look if everything goes goes well for us, this is when we're hoping to get back up and running. And um, <clears throat> yeah, I, I think we'll probably struggle to get to that date, but um, you know, there's they're, they're working hard towards sorting all those issues out for clubs, players, broadcasters, and um, hopefully they'll have some concrete stuff um, mm. pretty soon. I think.
4: Mm.
3: Yeah, right. And um, and mate, you're widely regarded as one of the the good blokes of rugby league, doing a lot of charity work and things like that. I was wondering if you could tell us a bit more about that sort of what what work you do on that front and where your your motivation for that comes from.
1: Yeah, it's um. I, I suppose when I um. When I did my ACL the first time in 2017, uh, I was down the dumps a bit and um, I just finished my university degree, so I had a fair bit of spare time. Um, so an ACL, six to nine months recovery. Uh, the early days, are they're pretty long. We, you can't really train too much. so uh, And really, uh, just find where we lost and then it's about round 10 and we're on top of the ladder and, and looking really good to kind of make amends um, so that was really tough, but then I was going into the hospital in Richmond there to kind of see my surgeon and get an update on when I'd go under the knife and, and look at the scans and I was seeing, you know, all these people in, um, you know, wheelchairs and, you know, cancer patients and people with permanent disabilities and kind of just gave me a really good perspective on my issues and, and you know, how much they pale in significance compared to, you know, what a lot of people in the general population are going through. So I had a a bit more time on my hands, so I reached out to a few charities and, and said, uh, you know, I'd love to help and um, I suppose use the profile, use Melbourne Storm to, to put some smiles on some good faces and, and Camp Quality, um, a charity to help um, young young kids and families, um, you know, with cancer diagnosis. Um, it helps them kind of give them a childhood and, and bring a bit of joy into their lives. Uh, so they reach out and um, I've been working with them, yeah, for about three or four years now and it, it's been great. It's um, yeah, it's just been so so good for myself, and I suppose, um, and, and then we've also done some some great things, raising some, some money for the charity, and also giving the kids some uh, some great opportunities to come and meet the players and, and come along to games and do special things like that. Yeah, that's
3: elite. Eh? There are definitely moments that people would treasure a huge amount in in that position. Um, and then your niceties aren't they don't stop there actually I was, I was reading just before when we were sort of doing our uh, pre-interview stalk Christian of your social media footprint um, that you uh, that you sort of uh, recently also have had, like been in contact with elderly fans I think I'm correct in saying I've probably realised that there's a bit of a, a bit of a gap there in terms of their ability to access technology and things like that um, and actually been taking it upon yourself to connect with, with fans in that older age bracket as well
1: yeah so um, yeah well- Obviously, uh, we're not playing at the moment. We've got heaps of spare time, and I was kind of just thinking uh, when it is visit my grandparents and and um, over there in the in ret- retirement home, they're, they're in their eighties, and um, uh, yeah, they were just really struggling with the Foxtel and the technology, and how to record shows, <laughs> and how to set stuff up, and uh, it just kind of made me think that these uh, you know senior citizens rely so much on physical kind of social interactions. they you know they're old schoolers and. Um, And, you know, they don't have access to Skype, FaceTime, House Party and and Twitter and all this stuff (laughs) that keeps everyone connected. Uh, Yeah, um, yeah, making some calls and and having some chats with some some Storm fans and some some just Rugby League um, fans in general. And, uh, yeah, it was great great
3: right. you know, I've got a lot of it as well yeah, that's awesome uh, I actually had a similar experience the other day with my grandparents too Christian Weber. I went up and like my pop is obviously that bored that he'd heard sort of rumours about Netflix and asked me how hard it was to get on uh, which it obviously for us, it's for us. It probably shouldn't. It doesn't seem very difficult, but obviously trying to socially distance myself whilst coaching him how to get Netflix from a distance was one of the tougher experiences, and really probably let me know that my communication skills are not great in terms of teaching new skills. You were up yeah, there for it. To yeah. Tough blog that one. It was it was a genuine six hour job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how does that um? How did that Zoom meeting go with sixteen people involved? Surely that's tough to get a get a word in.
1: As in for the um, RLPA, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like we we had like around forty people on there at times, and um they were they worked really well in um, um Clint Newton, our our president. He kind of everyone goes on mute. And then he, he kind of says his spiel and then he'll, he'll go around the clubs and he go, all right, Cowboys, okay, um, Bulldogs, um, you know, and each player will take himself off mute and go, oh, this is what I was thinking. Um, you know, I agree with that comment or maybe I think we need to focus on this. So it's worked really well, mate. To be honest, we've been having those Zoom meetings uh, when the pay deal was coming through. was They were daily and really insightful. And then we had, um, you know, the NRL were really great in Scott Greenberg and Peter Vlantis jumped in on a uh, Zoom call. We had um, Paul White and Blake Solly, the CEOs of the Broncos and South. So yeah. there's a lot of transparency and a lot of working together, and I think that's been really good and really positive. I think, and um, yeah, I, I, I think it's all it's all been you know everyone's handling it as best as we can.
3: Absolutely, and you've never had the experience of just having a complete random just jump in the Zoom call. There's been a few stories of that going on as well.
1: Nah, no it's. Uh, We'll yeah.
3: Absolutely. It's <laughs> a shame we'll get Haz in there next week. <laughs> <laughs> I'll find out the code somehow.
4: <laughs> um, apparently, uh, there were doubts early on in uh, in your career that you might be a bit too nice for rugby league. And, and I know my dad, whenever I played, was telling me, you got to get more mongrel into you. You've got you to have some mongrel in oh, yeah, the so That f- was so. the only thing you were lacking. From
3: that. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you manage
4: to shake those doubts?
1: Um, yeah, I don't know. I think um, I I'm think just the front row, I think you know people think it's quite a... Simple, but it, and it is a simple position but it's such a competitive position where it's kind of your pack against their pack and um, you know who's gonna who's going to get on top of each other and I think uh, yeah you can be a nice guy and, and do the nice stuff through the week but you know as soon as you you play that game you, you just want to compete and, and win and be aggressive and uh, yeah I, I guess that's I, I think you just look at your senior players and I think um, you, you look at the you know, like Jesse Bromwich is our forward leader, and, and the way he trains, he's a he's an absolute bull and um, you know he'll let you know. You know, he'll he'll just run straight over you at training, and it doesn't matter if you're a uh, you know a rep player or, or a young player. He, he trains the way he plays, and and he he learnt that from the the veteran older players that when he came through. So um, I think training uh, playing the way you train is a big thing at the Storm, and I think um, you know there's a lot of guys that go really hard, and it's and I think for a our our ruck forward probably don't get enough, um, I suppose, respect to you know the guys who week in, week out perform and win games and you know Jesse Bromwich and and Dalvin and, and Big Nelson and um, how much impact they actually have.
3: Um, does that lead to sort of like but more injuries at training than than we probably hear about? Like is in guys carrying niggles and stuff all the time? Like I'm just thinking if that if you're training with the same intensity that people are playing games with, surely there's blokes pulling out of training sessions pretty <laughs> sore. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, um, but that's philosophy of like Craig Bellamy. He's, he's all about your pre season will be harder than anything you'll ever face in a game. And I think oh, I truly believe that. And, uh, you know, I speak to our head physio quite regularly with, um, and our head of performance. And it's all about building physical resilience. It's um, being, because it's such a long season, the NRL, you have 26 rounds and finals and trials and that. Um, you know, it's it's having the ability to perform even if you are carrying niggles. So I think they make a, a, a big effort in pre-season, the physios, to try and keep guys in sessions as long as they can. And and even if they are carrying knocks and bruises, mm. they, they try and make players get through sessions and don't pull them out because um, it's such an important time to build that physical resilience, he likes to call it, um, where, you know, you're not always going to be fresh and full of energy and feeling 100%, you know, you might be coming off a five-day game in Auckland or or you might have just got flogged um, the week before in, in, in the physicality. And, um, yeah, I think that, that, that gives you a good chance of success every week.
3: Yeah, absolutely. That's actually – that's pretty cool to hear because there's, it always sort of is like that thought, I guess, any time like an older – rugby league player like a retired veteran comes out and says like oh the game's gone soft and like you always hear sort of people speaking like that like back in my day we used to play with broken legs and broken jaws and stuff like that so it's actually quite cool to hear from someone that's genuinely knows um, that, that it's not sort of like people wrapped in cotton wool quite the opposite really
1: Yeah and I um, I, mean, I think there's a thing there with the older players and I think the biggest difference is like concussion and how we treat that now and that's I think that's awesome. I think, uh, you know, I was talking about physical resilience with like bruises and, and you know, maybe tight hammies or sore shoulders but yeah, basically, knocks. you know, as soon as you get a head knock yeah. or something, mate, you, yeah. you just don't muck around with it because, you know, we're seeing more and more evidence of um, how much damage these things can do and to be honest, rugby, is just not worth it, particularly in pre-season where it doesn't really mean anything. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. I think that's probably the biggest change where I think maybe some some older players don't understand it and maybe, question the toughness but i think we've done a good job in getting rid of that getting rid of that stigma
0: yeah absolutely
3: You've actually referenced your uh, your first sort of ACL injury already, Christian. But I'd say that probably most NRL players would say that their biggest goal in their career is to win a grand final. Um, and obviously, you unfortunately missed out on playing in Melbourne's win in 2017 due to that injury that you spoke about. Um, that obviously, I don't like to harp on negative things, but that must have been fairly heartbreaking for you.
1: Yeah, I mean that was that was pretty tough. I um, yeah played 2016 grand final. Um, Lost that, yeah. Pretty, uh, pretty shattered to lose that, and then seventeen missed out on it, and I was sitting in the grandstand uh, as the boys won it, and and on the sideline in the field, and and then in eighteen we you know lost the you know, the other grand final against the Roosters, mm-hmm. um, and a pretty famous one there, and then and then nineteen, won the minor premiership and all that, and we we're on top of the ladder, and then I did it again, so, um, yeah, but you know I think with it's given me a lot of perspective doing all the charity and community work, and. Uh, and what i'm grateful for is you know i suppose it, it's the relationships and the and the, the memories you know you still have so many amazing times um games traveling you know hotels with the with the guys and um and growing up with the you know with some guys who come through the system so that, that's what i look fondly upon and you know I'd, I'd certainly love to have a premiership ring but you know it just hasn't worked out at the moment but Hopefully, uh, we can drag one sooner or later. Yeah,
3: absolutely.
4: yeah, I'm sure you get another opportunity. You got a, got a great team there at Melbourne, and um, it's yeah, always seemed to be been pretty strong for the last
3: 20 years. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. And, um,
4: it's It's, uh, I mean, another thing. You know, as a rugby league player, uh, there's lots of rugby league players who come off contract and are sub- subject to rumours about which clubs they're talking to and how much money they're going to go for in those clubs. Have you experienced that where you've, where you've been under the pressure with media about rumours, of contracts, and that sort of thing?
1: Yeah, and I think um, yeah, I think some journalists just get pretty lazy, mate. They just they don't even bother calling or you know working out with clubs what you know actual figures are, and they just throw shit out there, and and, and it really frames players poorly, I think, a lot of the time. And uh, yeah, it's happened a bit. Uh, um, yeah, I was kind of weighing up the decision last year, and, and then I did my ACL, and kind of um, had a few options uh, pull out, and that's just footy, and that's just life. But um, I was lucky. Like you have an option to start the storm, and you know it's such an amazing club, and and uh, and, and so I'm really, I was really excited about this season, and hopefully we can get it going again. And but yeah, I am off contract, so um, yeah, I'm really hoping that we do have some form of a season, so I can come back and show that you know I'm back healthy and and recovered and and back to performing well. But I think that's just what you deal with; that just comes with being a professional athlete there's so many positives and lifestyle and, and obviously your salary's great and um and the conditions and you know you're with your mates working out most days but you know there's, there's there are some other bad things, you know, like you, you just don't really have that much stability. A lot of the players are kinda of waiting to see and um and just kinda of plotting the next move. There's there's not as much stability and I suppose duration at clubs. Uh, I've been lucky like a bit small for this be my eighth season and um, yeah, I've been there a fair while compared to a lot of the other guys who, who sadly dance around a little bit.
4: Yeah, well, I'd have you in my Maroons team this year if we'd we'd been playing so far this year. So I don't think you've got too much to worry about in
3: my opinion, no. anyway. So, then so, I mean, your opinion counts quite highly. Yeah? <laughs> no, <laughs> so, definitely, definitely not. But. <laughs> yeah, I'll
1: get you on the selectors, eh? Yeah. <laughs> We've got
3: a couple of letters drafted up, surely. <laughs> uh, uh, and Matt, you touched on earlier that you, you've done a little bit of uh, study, which I, I suppose would be a handy backup thing if anything did happen with, with the NRL career. Um, so you've got a bachelor's degree in, in commerce and I, I understand you're currently doing work in a, in a master's. I just wanted to ask sort of how you find the time to juggle all that and sort of stay at the top of your game as well. Mm.
1: Yeah, I think, um, you know, finishing high school and not having like a professional deal or, or having a any form of kind of contract in high school or scholarship or anything like that, um, you know, I haven't ever taken anything for granted or assumed that I'd be a professional footy player. So I think that's given me a really good grounding um, to to study and, and do all that. And I think um, I, I think it generally makes you a better player when you have interest outside of your sport. Um, it's such a intense environment down at the Storm with Craig, and and you know how analytical it is. You know, reviewing games. Um, you know, I I struggle to watch. Uh, a Friday night footy even if you know two other teams because it actually gets me a bit frustrated because I'm sitting there my brain's kind of analysing the plays and and most of the time disagreeing with what the commentators are saying so I I I prefer to watch I prefer to watch um, AFL and that but um, yeah I I think you know on that point like uh, having something where you can switch off and not think about footy you know and it doesn't have to be a Masters or a a Uni degree um, but I think something that you're interested in and and that's what I'm interested in, but we've got a lot of guys at Storm, we've got about 10 doing carpentry, um, not that I'd ever bring around to my place to do any work, but um, <laughs> there's a bunch of a bunch of boys on that, um, you know, like Chandler Royal owns the F45, there's a couple of business owners, and there's a couple of guys that are doing a great job of kind of building that safety net, I reckon, uh, outside of footy, because I think if you invest 100% in your just purely football, when something goes wrong, you don't have anything else really holding you up, and Um, I think it's uh, it's a big thing for for your mental well-being as well as an athlete.
3: Yeah, that's unreal actually That's all yeah. actually has you, you do a similar amount of study really You're a, You don't invest all your time in a cricket either You're quite an intelligent specimen Yeah uh, you, you manage to work it out alright yeah, yeah, well I've got some tips for you guys if you want I mean, uh, I spend I'm, I'm actually not that busy but
4: yeah. <laughs> I, I do save a lot of time in the morning at breakfast And uh, instead of preparing a big meal I've been filling up on smoothies Using Alchemy Cordial's range of uh, oh, smoothie bases <laughs> uh, Three, three flavours Banana, mixed berry, mango You can mix it with, with a, whatever Everyone. Is that a plug Am I hearing? Yeah. A
3: bug? <laughs> <laughs> Christian, Guilty. you will find that uh, there is one thing that has is a lead and it is just slipping in a sponsor, like <laughs> right, just in random in random segments. <laughs> He's so good at it. He's been doing it it's since for the really good of the show because it's not Obviously, a personal one. He also does have yeah. 19 yeah, personal I love ones, it. but. Um, but yeah, no, that's very good. So yeah, give it that's a go, uh,
4: Christian, if you want the alchemy cordials. <laughs> what, are, what is yeah, your breakfast?
3: Your what's your breakfast of choice, uh, Christian? Do you, you have a routine, or are you just happy to mix it up, keep yourself guessing?
1: Oh, uh, we're, we're pretty lucky down at Stormark like in pre season. We um we we pay a little bit of money in, and we get kind of breakfast in at the club, and lunch, and and meals, and that. So uh, I, I try and cook some eggs when I'm not uh, lazy, but yeah, sometimes <laughs> we'll just have a bit of coconut yogurt and. It's amusingly in that and, and that'll get me through unless Brad wants to knock me up something <laughs> uh, <you> know, <laughs> it's right. my uh, good little apprentice who's living under my window
3: and an Alchemy Smoothie from now on as well, courtesy of (laughs) Sam Hazlitt's plug. And
1: an Alchemy Smoothie, what a brand. Fantastic, you know. (laughs)
4: Shout out to Alchemy. Now, thanks for that. Uh, Totally uh, totally unrelated topic. Your your Instagram bio says, one quarter porterhouse, and I've done some digging and my investigative skills suggest that you're teammate cam munster and now bulldogs players dean Britton, and joe Stimson and maybe the other three quarters of the porterhouse so i'm very intrigued by this so what is the porterhouse can you yeah. tell us
1: <laughs> yeah I, the porterhouse so we um joe Simpson, dean and myself were living together and and um munster was living elsewhere and uh yeah we kind of set on like he, we we kind of become good mates and said I oh, he kind of wanted to move in so you know what are you what are you actually going to bring to the table mate I <laughs> for us to consider this and he goes uh, mate I'm just I'm going to bring some larrikin you know baby I'm just going to bring larrikin all the time <laughs> and I was like yeah uh, you know that'll be pretty good so uh, <laughs> yeah we rented a, a big um, four bed house in in Port Melbourne and come up with the uh, the, the Porterhouse name a uh, little nickname and. Uh, yeah, it was great fun. We were, two of the boys actually got the porterhouse tattoo. And, you know, we lived there 12 months. We didn't live there any longer. Um, <laughs> and and months, uh, the little Nuffy, the months of the Nuffy that he is, he, he thought he'd be pretty funny and go get the tattoo before anyone else and, you know, be the hero. And, um, and, and we're talking about porterhouse steaks here. And, and obviously there's no bone in the porterhouse steak. And oh. so he's come back and got the porterhouse letters. And then the steak has a big white strip through there. It's a big fat <laughs> T-bone that he's got on, on his hip.
3: on uh, on his hip
1: uh, yeah we had some great memories some some real good times you know when you're young and you know we're all not from Melbourne so that that was our kind of social circle and we did everything together and yeah it was pretty funny uh, 10 months to kind of develop some life skills over the years I lived with him for three years and uh it took a while, but he, he's starting to get there, the little spud.
3: <laughs> so, so he was a. Uh, if you're comparing sort of Munster to Wilkin, uh, who's coming out on top in terms of the housemate battle there? Do you think?
1: Oh, mate, Wilkins Wilkin's a lot more advanced in, I suppose, life skills and I suppose, uh, yeah, just cooking, cleaning, uh, running a tight ship. He's, <laughs> oh, you know, well. the stiff, the bloke. You know, loves his rugby union. And he loves his golf. He sits there and just puts at nine and like YouTube highlights of Tiger at the the Masters, and I don't think he, I don't think he really goes out too much and, and goes on dates with girls or
3: you know has many beers with the boys. He's, uh, yeah, he's a bit of a. It actually sounds like the homebody. direct opposite of Cam Munster.
1: <laughs> yeah, whereas uh, whereas Munster's um, had yeah, plenty of larrikin, not a lot of life skills. Um, doesn't know how to cook. He didn't know how to make a cup of tea. Uh, he thought the currency of Japan was the euro. This is rugby like boys, right? This is, this is rugby league, and we love it.
3: So you're a genuine a educator, in that house. House. Yeah, it was.
1: Um, yeah, it was a bit of a contrast, but mate, we got along well. Uh, and it frustrates me that I lose golf to both of these blokes now. So it's uh, it's the biggest punish because we we play a fair bit, and I I get off I get off more when. One of those boys is a bad shot, and when I have a good shot, you know, so, um, the fact
3: that I'm having more bad shots than both of them now, it uh, yeah, really hurt. It's it, right. Brad has a, doesn't Brad have a brother that's a gun golfer? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, do you play with him ever? No, I need to get some lessons off from, off Aaron Wilkin. Um, yeah, yeah, so he uh,
1: he's had his Australian card and, and played over in China a fair bit. So he's uh, he's a bit, a, a bit of a talented player as well. So there's there's plenty of golf in that family. Yeah, yeah,
3: absolutely, and not as much in yours by the sound, Christian, judging on nah, how you went and, today. Uh,
1: yeah, I, um, I posted a, I didn't think my swing looked that bad, I was uh, driving off the tee one of my mates, put an Insta story up and then I went out of sleep and woke up, had 15 Insta messages going, you yeah, know, that is gross, like, <laughs> that year, I, like you're not even halfway swinging back and I, um, I had to agree with them and. I deleted it and just crawled back into a, you know, the, the fetal position. And <laughs> that's um, this is actually yeah, the type of cyber
3: bullying that can lead to people deleting their social media accounts. I think your golf swing bullying. Yeah,
1: I mean, have a go at anything, but golf, like that, that's
4: that's
1: <laughs> yeah. personal.
3: That is, um, <laughs> it's just so. a line. There is a line that you can't cross, and it's someone's golf swing. Surely. <laughs> yeah
4: Well Brad We were speaking to Brad And he did give you a bit of praise He, he said that um, You were a good cook Which you've suggested the opposite You said that he's a better cook But I was going to ask you What your go to meal is When he gave you that high praise oh.
1: mm. um, No I did everything I, um, There's an Insta page called Recipes. Uh, I'm not sure if you guys have seen it But he's this guy on Instagram And his wife And they They put up these uh, Recipes and, and how to cook them And then do little videos So i just going to Pick one of those out a uh, week and we, we knock them up Brad, Brad will cook two nights and I'll cook two nights and we'll kind of work in between and yeah I like cooking it's, well it's just, it goes back to the boardhouse. it used to be you know two blokes used to cook two blokes used to clean and I just didn't see any fun in cleaning so I just put me hand up to cook and yeah. Um, yeah it's been good ever since I guess
4: it was a bit of a backhanded compliment that he gave you though because he followed that by saying that you were the worst in the household at Monopoly
1: oh gee up uh, <laughs> <laughs> And, and to be honest, these, these educated rugby union boys, that the Rebels that I live with, mate, they're spuds and they getting held up by a rugby league bloke and um, yeah, they're just just—they're just not that good. Poor <laughs> SA, he's um, hes a big Tongan housemate of the Rebels as well, he just retreats to his room because he just doesn't want a bar with me because I'm just a bit of a bull in there and then, uh, and Wilkin just knows, he knows his place, he's, he's a good young kid and um, yeah, and I'll take him under my wing quite well. <laughs>
3: Do you have a you have a particular piece of property that you've always very keen to get in your first couple of rounds around the Monopoly table there? Uh, nah,
1: mate, just just keep an eye on how much money they got down. That's my this is Monopoly card, oh. though. Have you, you guys played oh, that or are you
3: think all no, monopoly? No, I'm thinking I'm thinking board game nah. monopoly. I haven't been, my eyes haven't been open nah, to the nah. wonders of the card game. I'm
1: telling you, Monopoly cards, monopoly. Get onto it. It's uh, it's a different game, mate. It's yeah, strategic, right. and
3: uh, yeah, it's better than the board game. Board games. Rubbish. Any yeah. any quicker by any chance? Is yeah, the what game ever last look, that board, board game? game less goes than, for yeah. A yeah,
1: yeah, about twenty minutes, I reckon. What, um, you kidding? A bit shorter if you're playing
4: with Wilkins. <laughs> 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 we'll have to look right. that up. And oh, wow. uh, have a big. game I against each other. I've played a
3: Monopoly game that's lasted less than three days. <laughs> that's unbelievable. To game. Yeah, no,
1: no. Monopoly, Monopoly cards, Monopoly go. Yeah, it's a little red box.
3: Get into it, boys. Okay, all right. Little um, shout bro.
1: out, not a sponsored shout out, <laughs> no I suspect. <to> Alchemy. <laughs> but,
3: um, and mate, did you get to, Did you get the chance to have a listen to the episode we had Brad on? Have you got any any feedback for us there? How do how did he go? Or well, feedback for him oh, also. We oh, obviously, we know we were good.
1: Mate, he <laughs> his cricketing endeavours you know, he's always saying, you know, I wasn't the quickest but I always hit the top of off and <laughs> mate, I, I don't know, I don't believe it, you know. He's, he's not built for cricket. He's he's pale and he's a he's a red nut who just burns too easy. It's, it's just not his sport. <laughs>
3: <That was great. laughs> have you any backyard battles there? Any garage cricket or anything that you guys have participated in? Uh not with Brad, but
1: cricket's actually a big thing at the storm, um, on all our way trips. We we play um it's the Teds versus Yobbos and, and they're distinct sides. Um and Craig Bellamy umpire. So it's the morning of of an away game and yeah. we'll walk down to a park and um the Teds are kinda of the inner city kind of boys who look after their look after their looks. So we we have Billy Slater, Cooper Cronk, those kind of boys and the, <laughs> the Yobos Yobbo's you know, Cam Smith, the kind of Logan Bogan and yeah, yeah. Uh, the you know the
4: country boys, so harsh on Billy. Billy's a, from a big In- Billy's from Inisfail, isn't yeah, he? But he's he, pretty good-looking yeah. rooster, though.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. There's, there's probably arguments for both, but he's a, uh, you know, he's a passion to the field kind of guy who wears Scotch and soda. And you know, <laughs> I, know, he, I think he forgot about his uh, Yobbo roots a long time ago. which <laughs> right. not, No disrespect, because I'm, I'm a Ted myself. And you're We're a Ted to
3: too.
1: Him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm a Ted, mate. Yeah.
3: <laughs> and you've embraced it. You don't try and argue.
1: No, mate, it's not a bad thing, being set. You know, if you're in Conk's team, this is a good thing. Yeah, right? Those they are just,
3: yeah. just pigs, mate. The pigs
1: are boats, they don't themselves. <laughs>
4: uh,
1: and and to be honest, they're just not that good at cricket. And they're not good at cricket but, either. Uh, that's we, really. Yeah, that's we regularly sell the them up, and uh, yeah, you get the bragging rights. So well, I look forward to that cricket game just as much as I do the the storm game later that day. To be honest, it's uh, it's always great fun.
3: And that'd also be handy. Like, if you say you have a stinker later on, like you, you don't play your best game, and you can think back to, well, at least I got sort of some runs in the cricket game, then the, the trip still seems quite <laughs> worthwhile.
1: Oh, I understand. You know, all you need is to clean bowl Cameron Smith or, or get one of the Bromwich boys trapped LBW and uh, you know, your day's mate. But there is some dodgy umpiring, mate, I'll tell you. is One of the worst.
3: <laughs> Does he know the rules? Is he all right with with the rules? Yeah, he
1: knows the rules, but he's a very uh, personal guy. And then he'll be like, well, his heads have been batting for too long now. I don't want these boys out here. And he'll just start you know, firing oh, off so LBW firing just him, to right? get them all oh, out. So
3: no. I'm sure he'd fit right in with the first-grade umpires. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. he would probably get a gig yeah. up there in Brisbane grade cricket. <laughs> 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 oh, perfect. um and mate I saw you you went over to LA during the offseason um and were sort of training at least in the in the same facilities as the Lakers and stuff what was could you tell us a bit about that was that sort of strictly rehab related or are you considering moving over to basketball or what's going on
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> no uh white men can't jump and I'm terribly athletic um so no okay and uh yeah it was just uh well it's a second long injury and um yeah, I kind of conned uh, the performance staff a little bit there to let me go right in the real pre-season and go off training trip. So, made sure I posted plenty of videos of me working out just to keep them happy. And, uh, uh, yeah, no, look, it was, it was pretty interesting training over there. We were, I was at the um, same facilities that the LA Lakers use and um, and the trainer there, he was really great. It was a bit of a different um, style of training. They kind of blend the physio and the strength um, together. So, um, whereas at the storm you kind of do your physio rehab sessions separate, and then you just do your lifts um, in the gym. So that was great, but it was also a good mental refresher just to kind of get away because you you are pretty isolated in the in the same gym in Melbourne uh, for a long time. Uh, so to change it up and, and go over there and got to a uh, LA Rams game and a, and a Clippers game. So um, yeah, that, that was really cool. Yeah right.
3: Okay. I was I was going to say it sort of looked like you were approaching rehab a bit differently, and you've you've posted videos of you like at bounce and stuff doing doing training. There is that sort of. I was going to ask if that was sort of driven by you or where you've got sort of those ideas from. Yeah, like who makes that? Who who organises that stuff for you? Just goes, "Hey mate, we, I think you need to go to bounce yeah. On trampoline." Yeah, yeah, bounce was good. That was good stuff.
1: Um, <laughs> the physios just <laughs> the physios. they they're kind of aware that. You know, you, you need to change it up and change the environment because you just get mm. if you're in the same gym doing the same shit all day, it just really grinds you down. in you. so they'll they'll do little things like take you to bounce, and and the tramp works actually really good for that kind of stuff. And then you know we might they might take you to a beach session just to mix the surface up, running on sand. It just it challenges the knee a bit differently. Uh, and then they might uh, it could we trained Amy Park with the Melbourne Demons and the Victory Boys and. Obviously there's no public in the gym there, so it's just all kind of the boys, so it's nice uh, sometimes they take us out to a fitness first and that's always a welcome change for the, the injured crew to kinda of get out and have a look at some uh, some other people than, than storm players. Yeah, absolutely. Do you awesome. reckon
3: you've um do you reckon you've got the bounce that the uh, the bug for bounce now, cushion Like we're gonna see more videos of sort of double backflips <laughs> and stuff now that you're back from injury?
1: <laughs> no, I'd injure myself. So I've, uh, I've ruled off a lot of uh, exercises, you know, like skiing and all that all that stuff. has uh, been knocked on the head, mate. These knees, uh, you know, that's my future at the moment. So I can't risk it. Yeah, sure. no, look after yeah, him. So look after limited.
4: him. Oh, yeah, I don't have much of a link to this next question, but I, uh, so I have to ask it. Um, there, there's a rumor going around that you pose for photos with your cousin's baby daughter just to get likes from girls on social media. Is that true? <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: Who's this from? Wilkin, hey. I'm proud to be a, sure. I'm proud to be a godparent of, of a beautiful young girl. Um but yeah, look, you know, look if, if it happens to get a few more likes, so maybe on the on the bumble profile, so be it. You know, I'm I'm not against uh, using some, some very cute children, but obviously it's worked great for me because uh, I'm still single uh, to this day. So, and, um, uh, yeah, maybe we can update the strategy.
4: And you have to use that Bumble profile now apparently because you're uh, banned from using Hinge. Is that right? Is that right?
1: Oh, Jesus. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs>
3: it's a proper grilling. I don't
1: know how I got banned. I honestly don't know. I'm, I'm actually a genuine nice guy on there. Um, don't know. <laughs> right. Don't know what happened. I... Uh, I I don't even know how to get unbanned. Should so
3: <laughs> we get should we get Wilkin on? In, the, we'll get, get, Wilkin on, it, the, get Wilkin on the phone. We got another phone line. Get him on the phone. And he can explain. Yeah. It.
4: sounds like you're an expert on all those uh, dating apps. So you could you could rate it for us in preference of which one's the best and the worst.
1: I guess. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. I've got no idea, mate. I'm just a, just a simple little front rower. Just love you know putting a bit of kick pressure and arms, <laughs> boys. Like, oh, I don't know too much about all this dating world. And uh, okay. you know, down in Melbourne in the big smoke, uh, a bit out of my depth.
3: Yeah, I'm I'm, right. I'm afraid that probably our listening uh, demographic. I think it's not really gonna help you with your dating life either, unfortunately, unless you're after sort of a you know, twenty twenty to forty year old man. Which <laughs> I get the feeling you're probably not. <laughs>
1: Yeah, not what I'm looking for. But you know, <laughs> if
3: you're listening, <laughs> oh, perfect. Um, uh, Christian, we just we like to throw out this question. Here. I don't know if you've ever uh, if you've ever had the pleasure of sort of. I would definitely come and listen to you at a sportsman's luncheon or some a speaking engagement of that kind. Uh, have you ever got to do something <laughs> like that?
1: Um, well, I've come back to my old school. I've gone over a few times, and um, yeah, did a little sportsman award. In Brisbane, but no, not really. To be honest, we, especially being down in Melbourne, rugby league's not a big thing. So the big thing's AFL, which is Mm -hmm. which is great, and I love it. But um, there's not a huge, I suppose, demand for the boys there. And then uh, you have limited time back up in Queensland. Uh, throughout the year. So no, I haven't really done too much of that stuff right. to be honest.
3: Well, this this put you on the spot massively then. Say that we're hiring you to do that sportsman luncheon. What are what are the go to stories? What what's a story that you're that you're going to do you reckon that everyone just needs to hear?
1: Oh I was only telling Brad today about that, you know, and every sports team's got the got the bloke. It's the tightest bloke you've ever met in your life. Oh and Sam Michael, we've got one of the <laughs> <laughs> <to our laughs> Hasler Mike, you might give him a robbery, because. Yeah, um <laughs> yeah, it's a great Dane Weston. He's uh, he's retired now, but he's come through in the early grades, um, and he was a bit of a mentor to me. But um, and, and it was a badge of honour for, for Dane. Like he, he's not embarrassed about this stuff. Um, and <laughs> like I, I've, I'll run you through some of the things I, I saw him. So I um, I made my debut in 2015 against Parramatta. We went out the night four for dinner at an Italian restaurant, and um, I saw him with a hoodie on.
0: Yeah, but I had the tag
1: on. I said, oh, Westo, mate, you got you got your tag on, like, oh, no. you know, like, rip, rip it off here. you, must have forgot about it. He goes, oh, no, mate, hey, hey, don't touch me, mate. Like, he's going back Monday. He's going back Monday. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 yeah. oh But, no, mate, it's there. and there's more. Like, you can't do that. We, we'd go for breakfast breakfast in Richmond, and um, he bought his own avocado because he didn't want to eat <laughs> 450. 450, which he actually is dealing these days from cafes for half an hour yeah, he bought his own spice so and sort of up, chucked it on his uh, eggs and toast <laughs> awesome. um, uh, he's been caught stamping his own um, you know loyalty coffee cards. oh, oh um, wow <laughs> and another one we were um, we were out having beers uh, in Richmond at a pub there and um, I knew I knew he was tight so I went and shouted him a drink because I wanted to put it on him after and he, <laughs> he only drinks bourbon and that and uh, I said, "Oh, Westo, mate, like, come on, mate, you're up. I just got you one." He goes, "Oh, okay, yeah, mate, yeah, sweet." And he was walking. He walked away from the main bar, but there's another bar. This is a Richmond Club Hotel, great establishment. Not a sponsored post. <laughs> uh, any Melbourne listeners? Um, and he and then he starts walking to the toilet. I oh, "What's this guy doing?" And and so and he said, "Oh, yeah, come in here, come in here." And so he walked into to a toilet, and he he rolls up his jeans, and he's got the calf skins on, and he's got this little plastic flask and he goes here you go mate have a swig of this and it's just vodka oh. and uh, and that's his chef me so, <laughs> I mean, no, these are good, all good, know, good and ideas for me and then even we got knocked out for a prelim against the cowboys when they won it in 15 and we were at the drinks and, and um you know like when they put a tab on generally it's just beer and wine and he, he didn't drink anything he drinks like dark bourbon and rum and that and so he went and went and negotiated with our football manager and said, Look, I will pay the difference between, you know, a a spirit and a bourbon. So he was handing over like a dollar eighty every time he got a drink. Because
3: oh. he grinded them down on it, so uh, he's the best
1: I've yeah. seen. He's uh, one of the greats, but he, you know he's got about three properties now, so I suppose it's worked for him.
3: Yeah, that's okay. right. Yeah, that's why we sort of always take the Mickey out of hearts for the same thing, and then we sort of like he's just like, yeah, sorry boys, I'm just checking out one of my nine houses. So, <laughs> nah, right. Yeah, he's tough, he's, he's, isn't it? Eh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's sort of like, we yeah, really, we we should not be the ones laughing. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's a bit, oh they are quality stories i would absolutely get around there has you don't even drink vodka mm. but i reckon you'd just take a flask in and just start selling it off to people well <laughs> to often when i go and
4: there's a bar tab and i drink only drink soft drink they don't even have soft drink on the bar tab and i'm like Geez, you can afford beer on the bar tab but not even soft drink for me
3: yeah. so you, well, should yeah, be, there you, go. you should be getting they should be giving you a dollar <laughs> yeah, every yeah, time yeah. you get a drink <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that's uh, a good idea oh outstanding uh and christian just to uh just to wind up just uh you know real real chance for you to just give a critique here and obviously um you know no, nothing's off limits you can just go as hard as you like uh because you have recently well, i was just sort of again going through your twitter profile and you've been on some serious podcasts recently obviously your teammate sandor earl uh he runs one as well so you were on that the other day yeah. you did another one recently uh with a guy from the grade cricketer as well so there's some serious podcast, uh, serious podcast royalty that you're sort of getting amongst there. How's the uh, how did we got the chocolates boys stuck up? Do you think?
1: Mate, right, loving it. It's been been fantastic, and I just want to uh, give a quick shout out to Alchemy for the shakes. <laughs> fantastic product. Um, yeah, you know, it's a great podcast. You're supporting um, good bunch of sellers and uh, yeah, it's been great. We're so genuinely going to, to than oil, mate. <laughs> gonna have to double.
3: <laughs> we're going to have to double our price for Alchemy because they've been shouted out 15 times. <laughs> 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 oh, outstanding! Anything to add there, boys? <laughs> we're we'll letting right. Christian go. That's fantastic. No, that's Happy good. That. I that's love good. It. A lot of fun. Oh, outstanding, mate! Well, hopefully, uh, obviously, when all this uh, drama sort of with the coronavirus is over, we very much look forward to uh, to following your career and, and seeing you back on the field. Uh, and obviously at Bounce as well, we look forward to seeing some videos there. Yeah, let's get excited! I'll post some more videos. <laughs> Love it. Get some more young children.
1: Get them up there.
3: All right, that's steady, mate. Thank you. you. Thanks, mate. See you, mate. All
1: right, thanks, boys. See you.
3: Oh yeah, everyone, welcome back! And what better way to come back than with the DeLong incident? That no, it is the the DeLong incident, Uh, and obviously, massive round of applause for Christian Welsh. What an interview! I think I have an applause sound effect There there. look at that the improvement that I've made yes, in that yes, 50 yes, unit yes. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> best on ground oh we forgot to vote for best on ground Ooh. Christian wins it hands down Yeah, really, I let's think be so. yeah. Uh, <laughs> he was very very impressive
4: both of our <laughs> guests have won by default so far <laughs> yeah. I mean,
3: obviously you'd have to be a very ordinary guest to not win let's be honest yeah well I mean the point of having mean, a guest is we want to hear from them and less from us so mm-hmm. mm, that's that's true. congratulations true. to Christian on the best on ground award well, yeah, I'm yeah, sure that'll yeah, be one that he'll be excited about yep that's right and I think I I actually donated my shirt to him, so that should be in the mail. <laughs> I can't seem to find it. I think Girl he's going to probably that, uh, have an interesting
4: conversation with Brad after he hung up with us there. <laughs> yeah, because, uh, <laughs> Brad stitching up a
3: bit. Has great use of the informant system. I like it a lot. Fantastic. Um, now, guys, that was the end of episode 40. Obviously, there's plenty more episodes that have occurred previously to this, probably around 39, 39 give or take. Yeah. Uh, so go and have a listen to those ones as well. And the places that you can do that are probably Spotify and Apple in the main. Um, yeah. That's certainly where we'd appreciate you subscribing and rating. Uh, that helps us out a great deal and it makes sure that you don't miss out on any episodes either. Uh, but the other places that we'd love to hear from you and love you to communicate with us is on our social media. Mitch, where is that? Uh, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter or you can just jump onto our website We you've got thechocolates.com.au and you'll find all of those links there plus a nice little form so you can send us any sort of email any ideas you've got for us mm. or even any, guess, even any guests even any guests that you are, think that we'd match up well with that that's a matchup oh yeah. that we could produce our best in because uh, we're always happy To take on that feedback Aren't we Haz?
4: Sure are Yeah mm. I'm, I'm going to run out of uh, Contact soon So <laughs> I
3: don't think so They <laughs> <laughs> just keep building They keep building Especially since the new haircut Too has You're a new guy
4: Now we just need Mitch To cut his hair as well Yeah, yeah it's getting <laughs> on, of us yeah, yeah.
3: I little little trend And now I'm off it <laughs> yeah, The caricature has you With a skinhead as yeah, well So you're going to gonna need To bring to that back yeah. Otherwise people get confused Don't I need a beard as well Isn't that in the caricature? Yeah well, You shaved caricature. fresh today So you're yeah. obviously Not too concerned Yeah true I'm currently rocking a moustache And yeah I'll work on it. Excellent. Uh, guys, as we said, please do continue to liaise around our socials. We love speaking about you. We love speaking to you. I apologise for whoever's phone that was. Uh, but we will most certainly be back with you for episode 41 this time next week. Correct? See you later,
4: guys. Yeah, you good later.
3: Get your last words in, guys. Yep. Thank you very much. Good luck in the future. Goodbye.
2: Market.